Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We all have inner work to do. Real life, real faith is an opportunity to connect with Cheryl and her guests as they take you on a journey to help you become your authentic self. Whether you need help goal setting, developing coping skills, or connecting with a power greater than yourself, Cheryl is here to walk with you on your path to personal transformation. Get inspired as Cheryl lets you become an active participant or just sit back and glean from the messages delivered. It's Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. Centuries of racial discrimination, of slavery and subjugation and Jim Crow. They didn't simply vanish with the end of lawful segregation. They didn't just stop when Dr. King made a speech or the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act were signed. Race relations have improved dramatically in my lifetime. Those who deny it are dishonoring the struggles that helped us achieve that progress. But we know (laughs) but America, we know that bias remains. We know it. Whether you are black or white or Hispanic or Asian or Native American or of Middle Eastern descent, we have all seen this bigotry in our own lives at some point. We've heard it at times in our own homes. If we're honest, perhaps we've heard prejudice in our own heads and felt it in our own hearts. We know that. And while some suffer far more under racism's burden, some feel to a far greater extent discrimination stink. Although most of us do our best to guard against it and teach our children better, none of us is entirely innocent. No institution is entirely immune. And that includes our police departments. We know this. And so when African Americans from all walks of life, from different communities across the country, voice a growing despair over what they perceive to be unequal treatment, when study after study shows that whites and people of color experience the criminal justice system differently, so that if you're black, you're more likely to be pulled over or searched or arrested, more likely to get longer sentences, more likely to get the death penalty for the same crime. When mothers and fathers raise their kids right, 
and have the talk about how to respond if stopped by a police officer. Yes, sir. No, sir. But still fear that something terrible may happen when their child walks out the door. Still fear that kids being stupid and not quite doing things right might end in tragedy. When all this takes place more than 50 years after the passage of the Civil Rights Act, we cannot simply turn away and dismiss those in peaceful protest as troublemakers or paranoid. can't simply dismiss it as a symptom of political correctness or reverse racism. To have your experience denied like that, dismissed by those in authority, dismissed perhaps even by your white friends and co-workers and fellow church members again and again and again, it hurts. Surely we can see that, all of us. Well, everybody, that was President Barack Obama delivering a very poignant speech uh, earlier today at the memorial service for the slain Dallas police officers. And um, I do applaud him for the things that he said. Uh, this is Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl A.C. Donovan, and we are uh, coming with you this evening, <clears throat> to you this evening, um, on the heels of some really uh, horrendous activities that have taken place over the last week or so, and uh, it it is, you know, I don't even know I don't even know the words to use um, in relation to everything that has gone on in the last last few days or what have you, and it's it's not. Um, it has not gone past me or escaped me that these particular events have occurred on the heels of the very, uh, again, poignance that was given by Jesse uh, Williams during the BET Awards, and then to have these horrific killings of Alton Sterling and Philando Castillo, and then right after that, the killings of the uh, five Dallas police officers. You know, at the end of the day, for me, I don't want to see anybody die. I don't want to see anybody get killed. And, you know, if I may just for a moment somewhat play the devil's advocate, you know, what if the five officers that died were the only five good police officers on the force? You know, so um, I don't know. There, The president did an excellent job, I think, in, in uh, uh, speaking at that memorial service. Um, I will say this, that, you know, I get it. I understand why the attention is being paid to the fallen officers in Dallas. Um, it, it's like within any other group, whether it's a racial group or a social group or, you know, military or government or whatever, there are always good and bad people. Um, and just to arbitrarily kill someone is wrong, and I get that. Um, but I, I do also believe that there are perhaps some distraction tactics 
that are going on um, with regards to this as well because, you know, all of the focus has been placed so much on those Dallas officers and very little has been placed on the other two men that died um, this past week. So, you know, all I'm saying is can we have an open discussion, a dialogue about all of it, you know, not just certain aspects of it or certain parts of it, but about all of it. And I think that it it goes a long way that the President of the United States, you know, basically laid the cards out on the table and said that, look, at the end of the day, bias still exists. It's still there. You know, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, or whatever, we all have some some biases and perhaps some prejudices, but at the end of the day, if we come together and have a discussion, have a dialogue, talk about it, and come to some some conclusion whereby you know we can embrace our differences and rally around those things that we have in common, I think that uh, we can make some some significant headway. And, you know, it goes without saying that uh, we, we've heard this song before, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that we have just too little of, you know, the unconditional kind of love that should exist between um, between people. You know, regardless of your differences, regardless of your your various ideologies and what have you. So, you know, I, I thought that it would it would be a very good idea to open the broadcast with that and to listen to that. And later on in the broadcast, I'll also be playing a little bit of uh, Jesse Williams' speech that he made at the uh, BET Awards. Uh, Real Life Real Faith is planning to get in on the action as well. As you know, our mantra is changing the narrative, you know, getting rid of some of the red herrings that are out there, such as the uh, black on black crime. You hear us talk about that all the time, black on black crime. Well, we need to change that narrative. You know, anytime you live in a community with a certain group of people, then it stands to reason that the crimes that will be committed will be against those people with which you live in the community or in that environment. So, White on white crime exists, black on black crime exists, Hispanic on Hispanic crime exists. It's sort of the nature of the beast if you are in that particular community. So, you know, changing the narrative and getting away from the um, <clears throat> the things that divide us, getting away from the things that for us as African Americans cause us to uh, feel inferior, um, getting away from all of the rhetoric and all of the things that are continually pouring into our psyche, you know, even, like I said, even with that black-on-black crime thing, again, something to make it sound like we're, we're some kind of savages, so much so that, you know, we all we do all day long is turn on our own when, in fact, again, those kinds of things happen in all communities. So, what we're going to do is Real Life Real Faith on next Tuesday, instead of having our normal broadcast, we are going to switch the dates and we're going to have a broadcast, live broadcast on July 21st, which is next Thursday. It's going to begin at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. We have several people that will be joining us that night, including author Navi Robbins, Hurley Morgan, Elisa Gabriel, Cheryl Gordon-Love, and uh, many, many others. 
We will also be simulcasting the event um, on Gospel, I believe it's GospelStreamTV.com, as well as on YouTube.com. We also plan to, uh, on our event page, allow people to ask questions on the event page. It is called Changing the Narrative Forum. It is a community forum, and uh, we'll also be available at TweetChat.com, hashtag Changing the Narrative. So hopefully... You'll be able to join us. As always, you can call in. The number here is 646-595-3716 and join in on the conversation. But we do want to change the narrative. We do not want it to be business as usual. We want it to be a forum where we come up with strategies and ideas, um, not and not just those that are – uh, looking to other people to fix our issues, strategies that we can use within our own community to change the narrative, to change the way that we normally do business with others and with the world around us. So we want you to join us next Thursday evening, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, again here at blogtalkradio.com. But also if you are in the Houston, Texas area, we will be at the Word Church the Word Church, that's 1450350, that's here in Houston, Texas. So come on out, um, join in on everything that we'll be doing, and uh, let, let's change the narrative together. Let's, let's make some, change, some differences in our community and in the world abroad. So having said all of that tonight, we will be speaking with uh, Lucinda Cross. She is a phenomenal powerhouse of a woman. She started the Activate Your Life Today movement. It is a leadership services firm. So um, best believe that I'm going to be asking her what she thinks about everything that's been happening in our country over the last week or so um, and, and how uh, leadership plays into that in order to make a difference. But um, she does personal development. She does professional development. She's a teacher, a spokesperson, um, internationally known speaker, and she does things for professional women, uh, uh, at-risk women, and youth. She's just she's just phenomenal. So when we come back in just a moment, from we will be speaking with none other than Lucinda Cross with Activate Your Life Today. Back in a moment on Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. Hi, I'm Layla Ali. I might be undefeated in professional boxing, but there's one problem even I can't fight alone. Childhood hunger. Over 17 million kids in America may not know where their next meal is coming from. That's one in five children. Yet billions of pounds of surplus food produced right here in America just get thrown out every year. That's more than enough to feed every last hungry child. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to hungry kids before it goes to waste. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank by going to feedingamerica.org. Together we can knock out hunger. Together we're Feeding America. To help solve hunger in your community and to find your local food bank, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures, a stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college. This is beyond a simple donation. It's the opportunity for America to invest in its kids, 
and take an active stake in the future of the country. The return on your investment isn't money. What you get back is knowing you protected our potential. So one day, that potential can grow up to become surgeons and architects, executives and engineers, people who can change the future just by being a part of it. My name is Alicia, and I am your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Hello and welcome back to Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl A.C. Donovan. We're so glad that you joined us here on this evening. And we have a phenomenal woman that is going to be speaking with us a little bit about what she does with regards to activating your life, none other than uh, Lucinda Cross. Lucinda, thank you so much for joining us this evening here on Real Life, Real Faith. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited um, to be here. And I was just listening to the... um, great content that you were sharing before, you know, in the beginning of the show. So I'm, I'm ready. I am so ready. <laughs> so listen, the, the very first thing that I opened up with was the, uh, the speech that, well, a portion of the speech that President Obama gave, gave today where he reminded everyone that you know, even though um, there have been a lot of changes and a lot of um, um, uh, a lot of strides made with regards to race relations and what have you. We still have a long way to go, and that it still very much so exists. And you know, he went on to express that it it you know to live with these people and work with these people and to be around these people and what have you, and um, to have them really not acknowledge the the atrocities that go on. That it hurts. You know, it it really uh-huh. hurts, and it's difficult. To, to continue every day and, and deal with them and, and feel like, you know, you're less than or, or, or that your life doesn't really matter. And I just thought I'd, I'd kind of throw that out to you, particularly when you refer to leadership and what perhaps that might look like in the climate that we're experiencing right now. Oh, my gosh. Um, and And one of the things that I shared even within my network, I said we have to look at, the providing some solutions and looking for resources. And what I do feel a part of the solution um, to, uh, of course, there's heavy injustice around and, and then it's the, the eye for an eye and it's, it's so much chaos. But one thing that we all need is access to um, resources. And the more that we can share that within the communities in which we live, work, and serve, the better off we'll be. And especially with those who um, can ha- have an, a business. If you have a business, I share some, so many resources in terms of how we have to flip that financial coin so that we are at the table of, of making changes. Because it's one thing with having a voice, but there's also um, – Another thing that is at the table that we need to, uh, we carry, um, when I say we, the minority community, we have the largest, uh, we contribute so much to the economy, um, but we're not pouring back into the economy. And I think as we build our business, we can build our communities because we're able to hire within. And I think that's where, you know, one of the solutions um, is, is going back to our community and 
sowing and reaping and giving and 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 receiving from our own community it's we have so many um phenomenal minority visionaries out there um so it's just putting us in a different uh putting us at the table but having us create a different mindset on how we view what's going on Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I so agree with that because I think we spend somewhere in the neighborhood of $1.3 trillion, $1.3 trillion. And, you know, when I look around in our neighborhoods, very rarely do I see anybody in the shops and the stores and the, you know, whatever the whatever else is in the community that really, that look like us. And it, mm-hmm. it, it, it saddens me because I, I really don't understand why. You know, you hear a lot of different um, excuses. Oh, well, when they come over here, they, you know, get money and this and that. But I think, you know, the reality is that more than anything, they stick together. And like you said, they sow into their own. They They understand the one thing that the others, Right. Anyone who is not for um, for the community, right, for for peace that we're that we're hoping to have. Um, One thing that other nationalities do very well is so into their own communities and, and they eat, they sow, they take care of their communities. And it's a mindset shift that has to happen because they understand capitalism. And in order to really make a dent and get their attention, it's going to go beyond the marches. Those are fine. We need all of these collective things happening to make some noise. But the biggest noise that we can make, because we have so much power in our pockets and in our pocketbooks, it's ridiculous. So since they only understand capitalism, when we begin to start sowing in our own communities and taking that extra mile to go to a, a minority-owned um, cleaners, to a minority-owned nail salon, to a minority-owned mall. And if it's not one, why can't we create one? One, if we're the ones spending the money for the, I mean, you know, so it's really looking at the power of the purse. We own the, we hold mm-hmm. the power of the purse. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and, you know, when I think about, you know, a lot of times they call for boycotts of these various um these various uh, companies and corporations, but somebody earlier today, and I can't remember who it was, said something very interesting. They said, I don't necessarily support a boycott, but I support mm-hmm. a buy cot, a buy cot. And what, what mm-hmm. you meant by that was when you take the money and you invest it into, like you said, African-American companies, but also into companies that invest in us. And I think that was profound because, you know, it's not about, you know, the fact that we have the buying power. It is where are we spending those dollars at the end of the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you said, we black buying power is projected to reach $1.2 trillion this year and mm-hmm. $1.4 trillion by 2020. Um, so with that in mind, who, where's the money? Where's the money to show, you know, why are we um, um, with, you know, why are we, uh, I I think it just needs to be more within our communities. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. We need to create more within our communities, more programs, more schools, more community projects. Um, There's some out there, but there needs to be more. If we're going to compete, 
let's compete and flood our blocks with community centers and programs. If we're going to compete, you know, let's, let's flood it with, with information and knowledge because, uh, you know, one thing that is happening with our children, and I, I shared this on a Periscope, I said the system is broken. And how do you repair right. a system that has been broken for over 500 years? How do you repair all of that blood, sweat, and tears? How do you repair uh, a system that is broken? And so we have to start from the root. Within, even within our education system, our children should not be going to another grade without getting the proper reading level. What is these new systems that they're putting in place, such as CORE, so that their stats look good against other nations? That, you know, so using us, so, you know, forget, he doesn't even know how to, you need to know how to read. Let's teach him how to pass this test so that when we compete wow. against Japan, we're looking good. We're looking good. Our students mm-hmm. are looking good. No, your students don't know how to read. And then what, what, what system now is going to hire them because the system that you put in place for them not to read because you wanted a system for them just to pass for your stats. So it really goes mm-hmm. deep. It's deep-rooted. It's deep-rooted. It's really, really deep. Yeah. And, that, you know, that, that is uh, very significant. We talked about that a lot uh, last night as well with regards to even the educational system because it's not, uh, it's not a, an easy fix. It's not uh, a situation where you can go in and fix one thing and not fix the other thing. It's not either or. I think it's all and. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to take an effort on my part to make it happen and creating, you know, you said something very key in, in the part of creating. We need to create these things, and it's not like it can't be done. You know, you had Black Wall Street. You had places like Rosewood before. So it can be done if we can come together and, mm-hmm. and just make it happen. But, you know, the flip side of that coin also exists, and that is, you know, we have to be very honest. There are times when we do try to deal with our own, and our own does not necessarily deal with us fairly. And we also have to approach that and, and be, you know, confront that and be very honest about that and deal with it from that level. You know, if I'm going to come to you and spend my dollars with you, let's say for a, a construction project, then I want you to be just like some of the other minorities that I might use that will come in here, do the work in the allotted amount of time that they said that they would do it, two or three days, and they're done and gone. Instead of you coming in one day, I pay you, give you a little something up front, and then I don't see you again for another week and a half, you know? Lucinda, you still there? Okay, I'm not sure exactly what happened. We may have lost her for a minute, but hopefully she'll be back. But, you know, that that's the other side of the coin is that sometimes we do run across um, situations like that as well. And as a community, we need to address those situations when we uh, run across them. Um, the other thing also, like she said earlier, is is the education system. Our education system is uh, somewhat broken. And, it, it uh, you know, our children need to be educated properly. We went from a time where um, they were receiving, in particular, when they had it, teachers that, that, were, that looked like them. You know, teachers that really loved what they were doing and loved the fact that they were sowing into these children 
And they had uh, people that were telling them and encouraging them and inspiring them and consistently uplifting them and trying to get them to the next level. And then we bring in desegregation, and all of a sudden you are placing the children with people who may not necessarily have their best interest at heart and who are um, causing them to feel inferior or, you know, basically – you know, trying to make them believe that they're not as smart, or you know, whatever the case may be. So it's it's a it's it's a it's a big big um, issue to tackle, and we're going to have to tackle it on all fronts. It's going to take some of the best minds in our community to make that happen. It's going to take. Um, some some thought leaders, some people that can provoke action. It's going to take a plan. It's not something that we're going to be able to do overnight. But if we come together and strategize, and like Lucinda said earlier, you know, it's, it's about more than just uh, uh, going and marching. Marching has its place. You know, sit-ins, rallies, those things have their place. But at the end of the day, the, even the Bible reminds us that faith without works is dead. So if we're not going to put a plan mm-hmm. together and then work that plan, then, Lucinda, I don't know, what, you know, we, we have to do that. It's about more than lip service. Absolutely. We, we don't even have a choice right now. We don't even have a choice because I think with this past incident, I've never seen our community touched spiritually in a way that it has awakened so many sleeping people because I don't know what happened before. I'm not saying one shooting was was uh, more significant than the next, but this I think has really tapped into the eyes of people to really wake up and say, how can I help? And that's the attitude mm-hmm. that we need to have is how can I help? Because before, you know, we would allow media to um, switch the agenda and, and play with our emotions. So now we shouldn't feel sad for this. We should feel sad for that. Now we should celebrate this. Now, hey, check this out, what's going on. And so, but this, we are not letting them pull the blanket over our eyes. And I see it all across the board. So I'm, that's one thing that I'm excited about because I see that people are not letting this die down. This is an issue that needs mm-hmm. to be addressed as a community. We can't do this by ourselves. We have to do it as a community. Yep. And I think everybody needs to recognize that it begins with the individual first. We, you know, yes. we have to look at ourselves and say, what, what can I do? Each of us has gifts. Each of us has talents. And there is absolutely something that every one of us can do, even if it's nothing more than going to the school and, and becoming a volunteer. It doesn't matter that you don't have any kids there. Go to the school, be a volunteer. You know, help them out. If you have some expertise, be a mentor, and not just a mentor that, you know, takes a kid out on a Saturday and, you know, once I've mm-hmm. done this and I'm done, and put it on my resume and say, oh, look, I'm a mentor. No, somebody that, you know what, if it's, if it's midnight and that kid needs, you know, somebody to listen to them or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. a true mentor that's going to be there for them to lean on. And I don't know, you know, if that's something, what do you, what do you think about that? I think that I think that is great, and I think that we shouldn't be afraid of the youth, what's happening now. People are, you know, I'm not going to say anything because they have a smart mouth. We can't let up. We can't let up because Mm -hmm. the smart mouth is a cry for help. Turning the back is a cry for help. So we can't let up. But most importantly, where do we start? You have no clue on where to start, how to help. 
to get started within your own community, try attending a town hall meeting. Try reaching out mm-hmm. to your NAACP chapter. Check out the National Action Network. Do some Google searching on um, specific causes that you're passionate about, whether it's teen pregnancy, gang violence, um, getting guns mm-hmm. off the streets. Go to your local police departments. Had to literally, I went to my local de- police department. I wanted to know who's who. I wanted to know, are you, are you gathering up to connect with the community here because they need to know who you are and I want you need to know who they are. You know, so sometimes even going within your local police department and saying, okay, how can I help with the officers who deal with the youth? There's a specific, um, uh, a specific, um, I can't think of the name now, but they just deal with the youth, a specific section within the police department that deal with youth issues that are on the street from youth gang violence. So find out what are those things that's happening. They know which children are being abused. They know the calls that they're receiving. See how you can get involved as somebody on the community on foot. You know, we have to go back to that. I remember when I was young um, and I would, you know, I would try to I would leave out of my eighth grade class. Oh, this is Jim. Come on, girls. Let's go. We're going to go to the beach, eighth grade class. Well, we get on the bus or the train in the city, and I'm from New York. You see the guardian angels there, and they're like, um, it's too early for you to be out of school. So either you head back <laughs> right. to school, and we walk you right off this bus and back to school, or we call the truant officers with the van right there, and they'll call your parents. Well, we took our little hot behinds and our bathing suits and went right back to school to finish our last, our last couple of periods because who told us to cut class? But it's those things that we have to get back involved in. Um, to just It's even the smallest thing. What's going on in your Boys and Girls Club? What's happening with your Girl Scout group? Maybe you need to start a Girl Scout chapter. What's happening within your Boy Scouts group? Um, and just really tapping into what's happening behind the scenes. Because there's a lot of things going on. We just um, are in our own world. And, and now it's time for us to look at this thing and say, you know, I shared on, uh, like I said, I shared on the video with my network. I said, there was once this thing that we knew was an invisible line. And you didn't really cross that invisible line. They knew not to cross the line. We knew not to. So everybody knew not to cross this line. But now what do you do when the line is now a blood, human blood painted wall? There's blood on the Mm -hmm. wall now that's separating us, you know. So now it's something that we can't ignore. They can't ignore it and neither can we. Um, And so there's no longer an invisible line of what should and who did and, you know, uh, well, I'm not paying attention to that because it's not showing on the news anymore. Now the blood painter wall is right outside your house. In my mind, those, that is leadership at its basic. You know, that those are very simple things that you can do within your community. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as having a, a block party once a quarter where you can at least get out and know the people in the community and know your neighbors and maybe invite the uh, the uh, local community police officers to participate and just get mm-hmm. to meet the neighbors in there. 
And, you know, that, that whole community policing piece, I think, is, is huge. And, you know, I, either either you need to live in the community or you need to be from the community. And that, that I think, is going to go a long way because if you know that Cousin Jojo over here has a mental issue and you're in the community or from the community, then you're not going to try to go shoot Cousin Jojo. You're going to call the mental health official to come and get mm-hmm. him off of the street so that he doesn't mm-hmm. hurt somebody or so that he doesn't mm-hmm. hurt himself. But you can only do that if you know the people in the community. So that that is and that's so important. And then, you know, keeping our kids out of trouble so that they can join the police force at some point. You know, they have exactly. a no. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Get them signed up. Yeah. We, you know, we not only do we have the police. Yeah. Not only do we have the police departments and authorities um, back in the day, we policed ourselves. Oh, no, you're not exactly. going to do that. Gangsters even had exactly. a rule. Not right. Not right yeah, now. Not Not on this block. Aunt Peggy got her, uh, she's doing a barbecue out here for the kids. Not right now. You know, so there was a code. We policed ourselves, even the ones who who were a negative force. There was still a level of respect for the community, and we completely lost that. And I think a lot of it has to do with us uh, falling into the digital age, which I absolutely love, but it desensitized many of us. from human, the importance of a human uh, touch, sound, yeah. voice, contact. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. So, you know, I, I want to make sure that we have an opportunity to talk a little bit about your Activate Your Life today because I think that it somewhat plays into what we're talking about because when you don't have um, somebody that can coach you or somebody that can uh, kind of guide you uh, through your life to help you activate these things uh, professionally and personally, that you can kind of find yourself wandering kind of aimlessly. So tell us about Activate Your Life today, and uh, make sure you let us know about the event that you have coming up really soon. Absolutely. So with Activate, the work that we do under this professional and personal development platform is help individuals identify uh, their, their, their message and how they can use that to create something that they, is, that they can monetize as a business or something that they can create for a cause to serve the people. And so we want to take people with their message and their passion, blend it together, mix it all up and expose it to the world the best way possible in crystal clear manner. Um, So that's the work that we do. And it involves, you know, communication classes, understanding who you are as a personal brand and how that should look online and off. um, And just making sure that you're aligning yourself up with the right individuals in the right network and creating products, you know, getting that book out of you, getting that messenger out of you and sharing those hidden gifts to the world. Um, And so that, that blends right into the activate conference, which is like our annual family reunion, because we just pull together visionaries, leaders of leaders, teachers of teachers, anyone who's looking to get connected to come to the Activate Conference, we now call it the Activate Experience, to celebrate and to also come with the intention to collaborate. You do not walk out of there without that next uh, next strategic move. And we've this is our fourth year 
Uh, next year will be our last year, but we're encouraging everyone since we'll be in D.C. this year to come out um, and get activated. Our theme is all or nothing. Oh, wow. Now, that that's a powerful theme, all or nothing, <laughs> because that's, that's really, I think, where we are right now is we either need to do it all or we don't need to do anything. Um, so when exactly when is the conference or, uh, going to be held? The conference will be held uh, on September 19th and the 20th. It's a Monday and Tuesday. Um, it's a stretch. We understand that. But it's every year on the 19th and the 20th. We're everywhere in the world, September 19th and the 20th, activation is going on in a major way. This year we're having it at Howard Theater in D.C., Washington, D.C. Um, we, are, we definitely want to be there because this is the last uh, – year that Obama will be in the White House, so we want to get as close to the White House as possible. We're also on Howard University grounds, and there's so much history in Howard uh, Theater, um, but they can find out information about the conference and the the speakers that we have lined up by going to activateconference.com. Okay. All right, and, and before we go, just um, tell us how did you – I think I think you started in like 2006. So that's been about 10 years ago. How did you get started with this whole activate your life? Um, I start because I was a huge procrastinator. Um, I had <laughs> I had to figure something out. I was a huge procrastinator, okay. um, a perfectionist, and so when I, uh, I I read this book called Strengths. Finder 2.0 by Tom Rath, and it identified your top five strengths. And I was against all assessments. I'm not taking an assessment. I'll forget my humbug to a personality test. Well, when my mentor mentioned Strength Finders 2.0, and my top five strengths were activation, communication, and the list goes on, um, I said, that's it. I'm going to rename myself. God gave the people a new name when they were going into their next season. I'm no longer Lucinda, the procrastinator and the perfectionist. I am now the chief activator, and I'm going to start taking action. And that's how Activate started. That's how Activate started. So um, it started from my own frustration. Um, and being the best kept secret, having these great gifts and this powerful message that I felt I wanted to share. Um, but everybody kept me as their best kept secret. So I had to create my own platform. And from there, I said, hey, you know, who wants, who, who has something to say? Let me show you how to create your own platform and get it out there. And God just kept opening up doors uh, because I said yes. Wow, that's an amazing story. People have a lot that they could learn from you. You know, before you go, usually when people come on to Real Life, Real Faith, we ask them this question, and that is, what will Lucinda Cross's legacy be? Woof! My legacy will be <laughs> that I have helped. <laughs> I have, I have, I have part of my legacy. Part of it is that I have changed the, the, the way women have been viewed in media. That's one of my major goals. Um, I want women to be seen and be able to speak their truth and stand in their power and not from a place of pity um, and not from a place of being objectified, but, you know, from a place of power. So my legacy is where women can say, you know, I am standing here in my truth. Um, 
turn 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 my message my mess into a message and I'm seen in a positive light without twerking because of Lucinda Cross. <laughs> no, I didn't have to compromise I didn't have to compromise my body or my brand to get here. Thank you, Lucinda Cross. Exactly. Thank you, Nana Cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know we have very similar goals because you know that that's one of the things that we want to do with real life, real faith. Like I said earlier, changing the narrative in all different areas and aspects of our community, including and foremost so women. So, like you said, that we're not seen as as objects, but rather um, the intelligent, beautiful, wonderful creatures that God created us to be. Uh, Lucinda, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. I had a wonderful time, and and just this conversation was so rich. So thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. Everybody, that's Lucinda Cross. She is uh, the person that started the brand Activate Your Life Today. She started it in 2006. Make sure that you go out and visit her website, lucindacross.com. Also, um, you can visit her at, I believe it's Activate conference.com. We hope to have her back sometime in the very near future to talk to us again here on Real Life, Real Faith. Um, Tonight, I think that I just want to go ahead and end the broadcast with um, the excerpt from Jesse Williams' um, speech that he made at the BET Awards. I thought it also spoke a lot to to our community and the things that we're dealing with in our community. Um, Hopefully it can help, if nothing else, cause you to begin to think um, about ways that you can not only change yourself, but ways in which you can change your community and hopefully uh, change the country and the world in the process. We want to remind you that we will be having a live broadcast on Thursday. July 21st at the Word Church here in Houston, Texas, 14503 Vantage Parkway, Suite 350. Um, you will also be able to listen in live here on blogtalkradio.com at Real Life Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. If you want to call in and uh, have your questions asked, you will be able to do so at 646-595-3716. We'll also be simulcasting it on YouTube and Gospel Stream TV, as well as taking questions on tweet chat using the hashtag changing the narrative and on Facebook. Hit us up on Facebook if you want to talk to us, Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl A.C. Donovan. You can also see us um, at Twitter, Real Faith Mag, Real Faith Mag as in magazine. On Instagram, we are Real Life, Real Faith. Um, And our website, www.reallifefaithmedia.com. Looking forward to speaking with you on next Thursday, July 21st, as we have our Changing the Narrative Community Forum live. And as always, we want to remind you that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or think according to the power that works in you. As we leave today, Jesse Williams. You are now watching Angel Ramirez Jordan. I can This is not for me. This is for the real organizers all over the country, the activists, the civil rights attorneys, the struggling parents, the families, the teachers, the students that are realizing that a system built to divide and impoverish and destroy us cannot stand if we do. All right? It's kind of basic mathematics. The more we learn about who we are and how we got here, the more we will mobilize. Now, this is also in particular for the black women 
in particular who have spent their lifetimes dedicated to nurturing everyone before themselves. We can and will do better for you. Now, what we've been doing is looking at the data and we know that police somehow manage to de-escalate, disarm, and not kill white people every day. So what's going to happen is we are going to have equal rights and justice in our own country or we will restructure their function and ours. Now, I got more, y'all. Yesterday would have been young Tamir Rice's 14th birthday. So I don't want to hear any more about how far we've come when paid public servants can pull a drive-by on a 12-year-old playing alone in a park in broad daylight, killing him on television and then going home to make a sandwich. Tell Rakia Boyd how it's so much better to live in 2012 than it is to live in 1612 or 1712. Tell that to Eric Garner. Tell that to Sandra Bland. Tell that to Dorian Hunt. So a lot of people on my Facebook and Instagram have been asking me to give my opinion on the whole Jesse Williams speech. I watched the clip and I thought, good, the brother's speaking out, and I'm glad that, you know, more people in the limelight are taking a stand. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.